Hey, this is Seedcast, and I'm Jessica Ramirez. We started this podcast way back in 2020 when the world was very much changed by the global pandemic. We created it as a way to connect with Indigenous peoples from all over the world. This podcast has grown a lot, and we're continuing to do so. Today, we're actually sharing with you the third episode of Seedcast that was ever released back in December 2020, where I had the opportunity to have a conversation about reciprocity with filmmaker Britt Hensel. Britt is a citizen of the Cherokee Nation, and she uses her love for storytelling to help amplify the voices and values of her community. We are standing, here are calling, we are rooted to the ground, we're here to stay. No staying quiet, we stand united, we are rooted to the ground, can't tear us down, we're here to stay. When I spoke with Britt in 2020, she was working on a film called Udeyona, What They've Been Taught. It's now been released and it's a part of the Reciprocity Project series from Nia Taro. It was also an official selection at Sundance Film Festival. And Britt has worked on all three seasons of the hit FX show Reservation Dogs, which premieres today. So don't forget to tune in to season three. You can learn more about Britt and about Reciprocity Project and Reservation Dogs by checking out our show notes. Thanks for listening. Indigenous peoples have many definitions for the word reciprocity, and certainly it goes beyond what we would define as a mutual exchange of goods or ideas. For me, I recognize that my joy is wholly related and only possible if we can all have our health, safety, and well-being intact. And so I give. I give because when you live from a place of abundance, the possibility of living in a world where we can all be free is just right there. I had a chance to speak with Britt Hensel last week. Britt is a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and resides in Oklahoma. She is a writer and an award-winning documentary filmmaker. We talked about reciprocity as it being a core foundation of one of her current projects that's in production. Siona God, each to hewa jill, Brit Hensel Dawado, Chikatuag, Jiawiya, Ale, Chalagihi, Ayesli Hi, my name is Brit Hensel. I am a citizen of Cherokee Nation, and I'm really happy to be here with you guys. I've been listening to Braiding Sweetgrass, Robin Wall Kimmerer's book, which is not new by any means, but I'm not really a reader. So I'm listening to it. (laughs) And I heard a a lot of stories in the first hour or so last night of, of listening to the book around reciprocity. Often we think about people who don't have what they need in order to get by. And I also think that there's another way to think of reciprocity, which is like how can we give what we have because there's just a we're always working from in a place of abundance what does reciprocity mean for you as a Cherokee person well you know it's really interesting because I if you probably would have asked me this five months ago I would have been like I don't really know how reciprocity fits into 
like a Cherokee worldview or like specifically what that is. And I have talked to some elders and some people and we've just been going back and forth because originally when I started asking about reciprocity, we were I asked a, a first first language speaker and he was like, I don't think we have a word for reciprocity, you know? And uh, we're just talking about more of the concept and trying to figure out like what what that would mean for Cherokees and kicking around two different words that sort of encompass like a Cherokee perspective of, and I I even hesitate to say like a Cherokee perspective because there are lots of different perspectives, but the ones that really mean a lot to me can kind of be pinned down into two different words. And one of those words is tohi and the other is gudugi. That word tohi in Cherokee, it means like three three different things. And uh, it's like one could be like you're, if you're tohi, you're like physically or mentally well, or tohi could be used to like describe moving at a unstressed or like an unhurried, the way that the rivers or the creek run, it's tohi. Or tohi, it indicates peace or serenity. But it all kind of comes back into this idea of balance, which could be one way that Cherokees would look at at reciprocity. And then the other gadugi is like everybody working together. And so we have, our communities are completely rooted in that. Like if I have something that you need, I'm going to give it to you, even if you didn't ask for it. It's just that way that community helps community. And it isn't, this is what we do. It just is the way that it is. And it has been that way in our communities for thousands and thousands of years. So those two words For me, those are values that I I live my life by. Um, And lots of Cherokee people I know like live their lives by and are rooted in those things. And especially like during these difficult times, you know, we're thinking a lot about reciprocity, a lot about those two, those two words. And, and just like when things are crazy, just still going back to those things, like those are anchors in my life, you know, things that no matter how crazy stuff can get. I know that that's that's where it's a place I can I can be rooted in and like move from a place of strength from those words if that makes any sense but yeah you know it totally makes sense and I think that we would, could all be better people with those two terms in our vocabulary what way are you being able to capture the essence of of reciprocity and, and these stories, like how did you even come to these two different definitions and, and figuring that out with other people? So we're working on a a film about these two things and it was cool because this film, it's me and a bunch of all Cherokees. It's a through and through in front of and behind the camera, uh, Cherokee, everything. So we basically just got on a big zoom call and we're all just talking about what we thought, but it was funny because None of us on the on the team are first language speakers, so we kind of all talked through what we thought, and then we were like, all right, we got to call. We got to call a first language speaker and, and figure out what one of those words is best. But so my film, or the film that I'm working on, The Reciprocity Project, is more of an exploration of the word tohi, more of that balance, because I'm... I'm really interested in the idea that it takes a whole community to heal a community. Here's a clip from the Reciprocity Project's latest production by Britt Hensel. We don't care where you're from. We really don't care whether you're Indian or not, if you need it. Let me give you this meat because I have it. 
when you need it or want it. My sense of Gadoogie, this is Gadoogie. It's a way of life. So we're talking about balance, talking about reciprocity. I just really wanted to try and like bring that word to life in a way. And I'm doing that through some traditions that we have. Um, we have like mac- mass carving traditions. We have, we have a dance called the booger dance. And uh, they're basically like go- masks made out of gourd, wood. And it's just something that we've had for a very long time. And from what I've learned, you know, they came around the introduction when European people first came first you know, around the time of first contact um, and the masks were used as depictions of things that the community was weary of the the masks were used to mentally condition the community to a catastrophic events essentially things that would bring us out of that state of tohi out of that balance so when the boogers would show up and they would be dressed up and they'd be masked it would be like the disruption of the balance that Cherokee people were always working to sustain. And so when that balance is broken, we're no, we're no, like, we need to get back to that place in order to be operating in the right way. But yeah, it's, it's still like, I'm still in the very beginning stages and I'm still working through all of it, but it's been more of the exploration of the word tohi um, and just like how important balance is to, Cherokees, and that's kind of like one of our ways of reciprocity. What is it about film that you hope to achieve as a storyteller? My goal and like the things that I really hope to do is like, I just want to tell Cherokee stories I want to make films and tell stories that make my community proud and make my community feel seen. And that's really just like my the beginning and the end for it of it all for me. And so that kind of is always like a guiding light. E- even if I'm not working on a Cherokee like specific story, like that's where, you know, my my passion comes from is just to continue to make sure our stories are told authentically and I'm always learning, you know. I, I don't feel like there's ever like, an arrival in a way. I mean, I am I'm Cherokee and I carry that with me everywhere I go. It's not something I I can turn on and off and it informs everything that I do as a as an individual and my relationships with friends and filmmaking and but yeah, I mean, I definitely sometimes I'm like who am I to be speaking about these things? I'm not an elder and I'm not a first language speaker. I'm just me and but for me, I always just try and bring as many people with me as possible. I can only speak from a Cherokee perspective, and I only can speak from my individual perspective. But if I have five other Cherokees who are also filmmakers, you know, we're stronger together. I think that our work benefits when there's a community of us, whether that's like a filmmaking community or community at large, just continually bringing more perspectives with me um, and always asking for, for input. It doesn't just have to be my way, although it could be my, you know, I could be directing the film. You know, that's, that's, that's the benefit. And I think like the best part about community is we all can bring our our strong suits to the table and that way work can be really powerful and full of, full of different Cherokee perspective because there's just not one way. I did not grow up with Spanish as my 
first language and I identify as Indigenous Latinx, but my relationship to my Indigenous identity is one in which I'm seriously growing into and have a lot to learn still. So I have like, I'm still learning the very, you know, facets of what is my my mother tongue, <laughs> you know, before Spanish. So I'm curious for you, like, what is the role of language in your work and how does that help to continue to build that trust? I think it's really important to note, like, I'm still a language learner. Like, I have so far to go. Um, Cherokee is a really, really tough language to learn. Um, I did not grow up speaking the language. I didn't hear it ever around. You know, this is something that I'm choosing to be, to continue to try and learn as I'm getting older and making it a priority in my life. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the language is everything. Culture is connected to language. Like our language is connected to our medicines. Our language is connected to our worldview. You know, like a Cherokee perspective, a Cherokee worldview is built into the language. And so when you can't speak the language or you don't know the language, you're missing out on the way our ancestors would move through the world. Unfortunately, we're losing speakers, you know, as the days go by. There have been some folks who have passed because of COVID and there are just, it's just a, the majority of our speakers are are older. But yeah, I mean, it's devastating because with them goes so much knowledge we we can never get back. But one thing I will say is like the tribe is making major efforts to preserve and teach the language. And I, I'm, I'm benefiting from like that progressive approach. And I'm, I'm not a first language speaker and I'm still learning always something that I definitely hope, you know, my kids will have a, when I have kids in the future, they'll have an opportunity to only speak Cherokee and go to the immersion school and to do, do those types of things. We are living in a very different world than what I knew when I first came into social justice work a little over five years ago now. I feel like the issues around racial justice, cultural preservation, traditional knowledge seem to be a lot more mainstream. I'm curious for you, how do you feel like this moment might be different? Who's paying attention or who's listening, who's watching to the kinds of stories that you produce? And maybe you could tell me a little bit more about about some of your projects. It's really interesting because now more than ever, we do have people's attention in a way that we maybe didn't have it before. I definitely think that we're turning a corner in terms of understanding that if the story isn't coming from the community, you have no business telling the story. And and for some people, that is like really definitive, strong statement, right? I, I think it really matters the ways in which the stories come from the communities. And if you aren't from that place, you don't know you can't really, especially in documentary, I think if it was like more of a narrative or, you know, a fictional situation, it could be different, a different story. But especially for documentary film, which is, you know, what I predominantly do, it's really important that you're not being extractive. And I think that all of these types of ideas are kind of coming to a head in this moment. How do you manage for it to not be extractive? Because I think of film and production work as, you know, you have this hard line deliverable, this this asset that needs to be produced at the end of the day. And, you know, as a producer or director, you might have a certain way or an idea of which of how you would want something to come out. 
What does that look like for you in order to kind of achieve the the care that needs to be taken and not being extractive? I mean, we even deal with this between uh, different Native nations, right? Like I'm I'm a citizen of Cherokee Nation. Uh, there are three different Cherokee tribes, for example. And when we go to other Cherokee communities, like in Western North Carolina, out in Cherokee, North Carolina, on the Koala Boundary, where the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians are, like, I'm not from that community, so when I'm going in there to tell a story, while I am Cherokee, we have a shared language, we have shared values, um, I'm not from there. And so it takes, like, a serious amount of relationship building and major intention and and an understanding that I'm not coming in there to tell the story for any other reason other than the story needs to be told. It's my job as a filmmaker to make sure I'm telling their truth, right? And But I really believe, like, it's about your intention. And, I mean, I really just try and get to the heart of the matter. And that takes time. That takes building trust. Do you feel like, in addition to the concept and traditions of reciprocity within Cherokee peoples, you're, you know, this isn't just like a human to human effort. This is all beings. And do you feel like that is innate? I think one of the things that I always go back to is we're, we're visitors, you know, the world doesn't belong to us. And uh, we share, we share this home with all animals, like with birds, with fish, and they were here before we were. And for thousands and thousands of years, my people have had a very different relationship with the earth and with the things around us, the plants, in a way that you know, it was sustained and things were tohi, right? It was balanced. Um, and we are very far from that today. And so I just think that we have a lot of lessons we can learn from the past. But also sometimes I think, yes, there's so much value in the past. And I often look backwards to look forward, right? But there is also this this really important thing of I have to look forward too because there are seven generations to come, you know, there are, there are many to come. So I'm continually thinking about how can I leave this place better than the way that I found it? How can I honor those that I come from and the ways I move about the world, the way I move through the world, the way I interact with people? And that matter, it matters in, in that connection to animals and the way that we treat them. I think, I think it's something to be said is like, just because you are a Cherokee or just because you're a native person, it doesn't mean that you innately have that understanding, right? Like that's something that is a value to be taught to young people. And I think that that's why it's important to incorporate that into storytelling. And I think one of the reasons why I am so excited about talking about healing or trying to work towards, you know, these aspects of like these really, really powerful aspects of our culture and putting them out for young people to see them in the way they, they can receive it and be excited about it is because it's, it's foundational to who we are. And it, it, that's how we will continue to like thrive um, in the future. And so I feel like that is part of my role as a filmmaker is to, you know, to continue to process these things on my own journey and the things that really matter to me and, and, and serve them up for my community and other people around me who, you know, could 
who might be interested or, or might find real value in that. And I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, we're we're all moving through this world together and we are interconnected, whether we realize it or not. Brett, thank you so much. And I really love those prompts that you mentioned, you know, how do I move in the world? What is my role? I think we would, it would all serve us a collective good if we could ask ourselves those very questions. Thank you for your time, your generosity, the work that you do to um, preserve and also lift the work of Cherokee peoples and um, really excited to hear more about your project and uh, please keep us posted on all the ways that we can share share the good work of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it and I appreciate you guys taking the time and having some time to talk with you guys. Thanks, Britt. Take care. You too. I hope you enjoyed this peek back into the Seacast archive. There are 34 original episodes for you to check out, featuring so many incredible Indigenous peoples from around the world. And reciprocity is one of the themes we always come back to. Find all the episodes wherever you find podcasts or at niatero.org. This episode was produced by me and Felipe Contreras, who also edited the episode. Niatero is a Seattle-based foundation We are both Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples with a mission to secure Indigenous guardianship for all vital ecosystems. That means we provide support to Indigenous peoples globally who are protecting their homelands from colonization and destruction. Their practices are one of our best guides for making Earth livable for generations to come. Here at Seedcast, our guests represent themselves. They don't necessarily reflect the views of Nia Taro, We honor their honest perspectives and lived experiences. You can learn more about Seedcast and about our work at niatero.org. Don't forget Seedcast is now on Instagram. Visit us at niatero underscore Seedcast. The executive producer of Seedcast is Tracy Rector. The senior producer is Jenny Asarno. Seedcast producers are Julie Keck, Stina Hamlin, and me, Jessica Ramirez with additional support from Ha'aheo Awai Decker. Fact-checking by Roman Lee Johnson. Neotero Social Media by Nancy Kelsey. Transcripts by Sharon Arnold. Seedcast Graphics by Cindy Chischilly. Seedcast theme song is Rooted by Mia Kami. I'm your host, Jessica Ramirez, and we look forward to sharing more stories with you all very soon. Stand you now